0: You know things, I know some too Sit right down, the will explain them to you If there's a thing you want to explain These two feminists can entertain Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know Tune in for the plain Show Welcome um, to fem Explained.
1: That's Avalon.
2: That's Diana.
1: We're making a podcast, aren't we?
2: We sure are we're making our th- third one. Our oh third my God. Episode. That's crazy. This is also the first am edition.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm I have mixed feelings about it because I'm very sober. Yeah, uh, I'm
2: also very sober.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I am very caffeinated. so that might be good as well.
2: I'm in the um, process of getting caffeinated.
1: That's very good. So this podcast is for us two girls, Avalon and Diana, to talk about all the nerdy, weird, geeky, dorky interests that we have um, in an environment where we could be a little bit weird together and not feel judged. Even though, ironically,
2: we'll be more judged
1: because we're posting it for anyone Please to listen stop to. stop reminding me <laughs>
2: that. It's yeah, very we, vulnerable.
1: <laughs> it is very vulnerable but for now while recording it feels nice and safe.
2: It feels so <laughs> safe. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the problem I think. It feels a little too safe.
1: A little too safe. Yeah. So for this week's mansplain minute, Francis, your topic is the Dragon Age game series.
0: In a I'm setting my man watch to one minute. We all know the man watch keeps the most accurate time. One minute on the clock and go. So Dragon Age, um, if I'm thinking of the same game, I might have actually played this in high school or middle school. Um, What I recall is definitely it was a game with dragon in it um, and uh, in the title. There were dragons also featured in the game. Sort of a Final Fantasy ripoff, but it had voice acting, which was kind of cool for that time. Didn't have a lot of PlayStation games with voice acting. Um, Recently, they made a Dragon Age game for Switch, and it's kind of like Minecraft, I guess. To be honest, I didn't really have a lot of interest in it, um, but yesterday at the bar, a guy was talking about it, and he says it's pretty good, so I might try it on his recommendation. Uh, But at the end of the day, if you're going to play a game about dragons, my recommendation, Skyrim. Um, is a game that has lots of dragons. Witcher 3 has some dragons. You can get your dragon fixed there. I just feel like if this Dragon Age game lived up to all the hype, I would have heard about it. And the fact that I haven't heard about it tells me it's maybe not a game I want to play.
1: So, last time, Avalon was super uh, generous and <gasps> femsplained Toonami to me. Oh, you're which... so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> which I I knew nothing about prior. I had no idea it was even a thing. I had no idea that some shows I did like were a part of it. So I actually did learn a lot about a um, piece of, Cartoon history and also Avalon's history, which is really oh, why I'm here. Let's yeah. just be honest. <laughs> so, this week, oh, uh,
2: yay! Diana's <laughs> gonna do the thumb explaining this week. I'm so excited because that means I get to learn.
1: <laughs> oh, you're gonna learn. This is, oh, a, God. This is a topic. <laughs> uh, so, as Francis will have uh, explained by now, uh, the topic, <laughs> the topic is Dragon
2: Age. Dragon Age. Sing the sing a song that goes with Dragon Age.
1: Oh, I'll get to that, but you need to let me get there organically because oh, I don't
2: want to. Okay. <laughs> I just I have, force like, it. I heard the Skyrim music last night for the first time in a while. Like the loading. Did you cry? Music. Did you cry? No, but I was stirred. Yeah, and then I. And then Francis was like, should I buy this? Is it fun? And I was just like, iron daggers. Iron daggers.
1: <laughs> iron daggers for seven years. And then you go out into the world and everything kills you because you are level 100 and you have zero skills. Exactly. <laughs> All exactly. you can do is make iron daggers.
2: I know. That's the mistake I made the new Fallout game, too.
1: Oh, my God. Level grinding is a problem. Um, Okay, but
2: we're not talking about Bethesda. What are we talking about?
1: We're talking about Bioware. Bioware. And we're talking about something. This is something I have similarly in that D&D is something that is a problem for me. Dragon Age is a problem for me. I'm into it too much. And people who know me are already rolling their eyes and shutting this episode off because they're like, (laughs) oh, my God.
2: (laughs) But as we've learned, the people who know me are actually really nice and supportive. And so they're like, oh, tell us more, Diana.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I got yelled at this weekend for that comment, by the way. (laughs) Oh, well, they haven't listened yet. I know. So I was like, see? (laughs) That's fine. That's a playful Uh, call out. Yeah, absolutely. Damn. Um, I want to know fine. the mug I'm drinking
2: out of is a lie. I don't.
1: You don't. She's drinking out of an I Heart New York mug, and now I feel really insulted. <laughs> um, I have lived here all my life, and while I know that it's shitty in a factual way, it's still a place that you should love because I'm here.
2: Oh, you're right, and I will think of that every time I see the I Heart New York logo now.
1: Okay, good, good. Aww. Does Oregon have a similar thing, like a like a, a tagline like that I would know? Isn't it like a um, beaver or something? Isn't there like a, a, a badger? No.
2: Well, first <laughs> of all, people in the Northeast don't pronounce the state name the same way people from here pronounce the state name. So here it's Oregon. Yeah. Like the thing in your body. Yeah. If you say Oregon... You sound stupid.
1: Yeah, see, I got yelled at recently because I pronounced it Oregon. Yeah. And they were like, Why are you saying it so yeah. weird? And I was like, I'm not. Growing I don't up in the South.
2: No, growing up in the South, I learned Oregon. Oregon. And when I told people in New York that I was moving here, every time they would say where and I would say Oregon, they'd say, Oh, Oregon. Like, as if they needed to subtly let me know I was saying it wrong.
1: So. <laughs> it's not that subtle. They're not, okay. they're not being subtle. <laughs>
2: Anyway, there's not a tagline. I mean, Portland, um, if you think about Oregon, you probably think about Portland, the state. And Portland has a lot of great marketing because so many creative people live there. I've seen a lot of, like, where 20-year-olds go to retire bumper stickers. (laughs)
1: Adorable?
2: Yeah, and relatable. (laughs) Um, And then otherwise, it's just a lot of, like, we ride bicycles here. And, like, we recycle here. And, like, we hike here and those that's pretty much like any kind of imagery i normally see is that
1: so any time i see the recycling symbol on a (laughs) bin somewhere i'm gonna think that's where avalon is
2: (laughs) the other thing they have here too that's on everything is i guess the portland airport used to have like an iconic patterned carpet and so the carpet pattern image is uh on a lot of swag
1: Okay. So uh so uh, so, dra- <laughs> so Dragon Age is is not a but that's a game uh for which I'm grateful like we, we need a break. But Dragon Age is a RPG series of three games that has such a deep and rich world state and story and world full of character development that to me it's on the same level as like the the level to which you can get invested in it is similar to how invested you can get into D&D or other role-playing games that all the characters are so rich, all of the world history is so absurdly rich that it's it's easy to become obsessed with it. How many games are in the franchise? So there's three games, and they are all vastly different. So there's three, I guess I should say that there's three um, main games, Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age 2, and Dragon Age Inquisition. And then there are, there's like a phone game version um, that's really just like a, a fight simulator Uh, There's an online that's also sort of like a fight simulator slash like mini quest game. There's a tabletop game, which I have yet to do. And it's only because everyone I know in person is sick of hearing the words (laughs) Dragon Age. So I need to like just rename it and like put (laughs) a Photoshop over the book cover and then like get them all to sit down trick them into playing it uh, but there's also there's also five books and a comic book series all um based on this world state all canon within this world have you read those i have avalon um, oh, there they
2: are! you They were hiding under your eyes. I ass. don't
1: own them all yet, which is crazy. Oh, but I, I have recognize read them. that one. So the problem to me with the books, and it makes complete sense, uh, the Dragon Age RPGs, like the big selling factor to me about them is how customizable the games are based on your choices in those games. To the point where your choices in the first game affect the state of the world and therefore choices that you will have in the third game. So you can create an entirely new universe by making different choices. And the books, because they're only printing one of them, they they ride on the default canon. Sure. Which is not mine. So <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, that's my only complaint about them, but that's really understandable, and I'm not criticizing the writers of Dragon Age at all because they're lovely people who get enough hate from idiots on the internet.
2: How, um, so, like, I don't understand how the first game choices roll over to the third game. Like, is it all so, DLCs?
1: No. So, the first game, um, Dragon Age Origins, you actually, the really cool part about that game is that you choose your origin story to play out and there's like i don't know the exact number i think there's like six of them that you can choose to play out and that determines what protagonist what your protagonist for that game has been through and what has led them to wanting to be uh, the hero in what is called the blight it's like a horde of monsters that have escaped from the underworld and are are coming to destroy all living things and you are part of an elite group of fighters that are destined to destroy them so things that you can choose and like not to spoil any of these things but you could choose who becomes um, the head of the church you can choose who becomes king or queen of the free world that you're in Uh, you can affect whether or not certain characters are even alive in the coming games, which is something that Bioware has done before with the Mass Effect series. There's um, the opportunity to save people or to let them die or to kill them yourself, and that determines dialogue, events that happen in the other two games going forward, codex entries that you'll read, uh, and things that people will say to you um, out in the world, as well as, like, there's... You know, there's one character in particular who is a favorite of mine, Liliana, who there's a part to her, she's like a very traumatized character. And so based on what you say to her and like what actions you make in front of her, you can encourage her to like become really dark and a really broken That's character. Cool. Yeah. or to become like really enlightened and really spiritual and um to like rise above her pain. Uh and that follows because she's a recurring major character in the game. And yeah, so I've I've played I've played through the first and the third games. I've only played the second one twice. But the first and the third games I've played through like several times each. And it's been a different game each time.
2: Why have you only played the second one twice? Uh,
1: Well, for starters, um, I believed some really bad lies on the internet about how it was a bad game. Don't do that. Don't listen to idiots on the internet um, who tell you not to love a thing because they're liars. We're the idiots on the
2: internet who tell you to love a thing.
1: To love it all. Um, But really, um, I had ignored it for a long time. And then I got irritated that there there was one particular scene in the third game that involved making a choice that the game was telling me that it was a very important choice. And I was like, I don't know who these people are. This has no emotional connection to me. And finally, like, looking into it, I realized that it was because of something that I had entirely missed in the second game. So then going forward, once I, like, went back, played that second game, got attached to those characters, and then went back, I was like, oh, I see why this has emotional music in the background, and I'm supposed to feel, uh, you know, feel stressed about this choice. So did did
2: you answer my question?
1: Or did so I just not I,
2: understand your answer? So I still I have Partially.
1: The same <laughs> okay. Yeah, I partially answered it. So a lot of people are very opinionated that the second game was not as good for several reasons. It was on a rail, which the first game's more or less on a rail, honestly. Um, and the third game is open world, Everything akin is not to Skyrim. I feel like. Yeah. The. The second game is on a very strict rail, which a lot of people don't like. Um, okay. A lot of the dungeons are poorly, not poorly designed, repetitively designed. They all look more or less the same. And you can't play a fantasy race, which that is my only one where I'm like, mm.
2: But can you in the other games play a fantasy in race? In the
1: in the other games you can play any race that exists in the in the world, yeah. Is
2: it because there's like a weird racist subplot like in Skyrim,
1: like compared um, to the other Elder Scroll games? There's yeah, I know, right? There's no there's no well okay, yeah, there are racist subplots. But the reason actually I don't know why they chose to cement it as human. I guess because Oh, actually, this just occurred to me just now. In the first and third games, your family are not part of the story. And in the second game, your family is a large part of the story. So I think it made it easier for game developers to have your family preset. So if you changed your race to elf, they had to have Uh, separate elven family coded as a backup for the entire game which would be mm. now that i'm thinking about it like an enormous amount of extra work because then if you if you pick like a dwarven character and then the, you need to have a whole dwarven family to be like a huge part of your uh plot i was
2: gonna say that would just be skins but i mean you can't put an elf and a dwarf in the same style of house in this have the same kind of dialogue like it wouldn't it yeah, it would just be, be
1: enormous, yeah. and it was, and it was, and it was a smaller scale game too, mm. uh, compared to the other two. Like hours wise, everything it was supposed to be a simpler. The other thing that makes it different is that, and this is actually why I like it. In the other two games, and in most games, like we're talking about Skyrim and Mass Effect, like you're the big hero. You're, you know. Even if you play, like, an evil character, you're, like, a big deal. Sure. You're you're huge. Yeah. Um, The second Dragon Age game, you're, like, just some dude who is trying to get by during a very tumultuous uh, political time.
2: But you're not, like, just some dude trying to get by who's also the chosen one?
1: You're not the chosen one. There's no, you're no chosen one. You're no, like, big damn I don't want to play a
2: video game where I'm not the chosen one. That's just called real life.
1: But it does make the characters feel very real, and that's the that's the part of it that I do like. All the NPCs that are in your in your band in your party um, are very complicated, and they have very rich stories, and they're all beautiful and wonderful and pure. And I forgive Isabella, even though she leaves me every time, no uh. matter what your choice is. She no, it's just because I'm really bad at making her happy because I'm bad at looking up things on the wiki before I choose them. I don't do that.
2: Yeah. okay, so from a from a feminist perspective, are the female characters problematic?
1: I would say that of any game that I've played and... You know i know that my video game knowledge is not super up to date but it's much better there are occasional things that make me a little bit uncomfortable i mean the the point is you can in all three games you can play a female protagonist your female protagonist can be the uh save the world character or the you know um Just some dude character in the case of the second Mm game. There's maybe a few things. In, like, the Origins game, there's several, like, mentions of sexual assault in those games. And they're always centered around, like, a female character as the victim. Which, the thing is, there's, like, an argument to be made there that that's very real life that's very tip like that's very much a thing that occurs in the world and to exclude the topic entirely from such a complicated story would maybe even be unrealistic but
2: yeah i i actually don't have a problem with that because it's realistic when i have a problem with that is when with the trope that sexual assault or rape is the only vehicle for female character development
1: yes um however I did like that I did like that in one of the cases the the victim character was the she like rescued herself which was the which is like for me that's alright I like to see that instead of like using it as a vehicle to make a dude a hero. Yeah <laughs> you know like I don't like that so much. So do we have so that,
2: like us the the kind of like ambiguously evil one is also the more sexually empowered one and the like one with white magic and super virginal is like the desirable
1: marriage material one. No. All no. Right. That right. doesn't exist. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I That's the one thing that I'm really going to be probably there are probably people who have stronger opinions on this than I do but I think it's a really welcoming world. Um, one there's so many gays uh, Yay! there's just so many gays and bisexual characters and sex worker characters nice. and transgender characters who I think that there's been two named transgender characters in the series so far and I think one of them now that they have they have announced that the fourth game is definitely happening, I think is going to have a big role because the country that she's from is going to be the setting, mm. and she's like a big deal. So I'm very excited. But she's big, largely mentioned in the comic books. Um, one of the characters in the third games mentions her a lot, and and she's very pivotal in the politics of this country. So she'll, I mean, she'll at least have some. I'm assuming some screen time. I'm really excited about.
2: That's awesome. I would be curious, and not in like a scathing or critical way, but just based on what you're telling me about the way the characters are written. I'd be curious if the game writers, like the the team of writers, were more diverse than oh, maybe a yeah. typical game. Like, I wonder Actually, if there are more chicks or you know, um, collaborating.
1: Yeah. So there was, um, there is a diverse cast of writers, or there was. I know that they're doing a lot of changes for the fourth game, and I hope that they stay with some of their team, and I hope that some of the old writers come back if they can, because they're good people. But in one case in particular, there's a writer, David Gator, who wrote several of the characters, who is an openly gay man himself, and mm-hmm. wrote my favorite character in the third game dorian pavis his portrayal of this character who is the only character in the series the first two games are really clear that like in about one half of this world state homosexuality is like no big deal there's no there aren't the issues we have here it's just a thing nobody Mm -hmm. questions it nobody will give you any grief it's not anything Introduced in the third game is this other country that's a little more, um, I think, probably intentionally, it's a little more of a patriarchy uh, instead of the rest of the world, which does operate under, like, a female religious leader and a joined throne and blah, blah, blah. In In this other country, we have now male head of the church, and I think it's uh, I think it is probably a little intentional that that's the only time we hear about a, like, anti-LGBT attitude in this world state.
2: I'm the first person in this podcast, clearly, to come for men. Um, but I do wonder why a patriarchy has to mean, like, toxic masculinity. You know, like, it seems to me that the 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 more feminine-oriented world of, like, hierarchy that you described could be open-gendered and, like, be open-minded. So I'm, I'm curious why you think that, like, it being patriarchal is why it's conservative or bigoted or homophobic or, like, whatever you want to say.
1: Yeah, I think they're just um, – they are also – in other ways, to give it more context, they're also portrayed as being a little bit more militaristic, uh, mm. like, openly, a little bit more. Um, I don't know that they did this on uh, intentionally. I just think it's, like, and the, and the, before I get, like, stabbed to death by everyone with opinions on this, the other world state, the other countries have so many other problems in terms of, like, uh politically disenfranchising certain groups of people in in other terrible ways. So this might be coincidental, but I think that because it's out of the three like major world uh, no, uh, four major countries that we've seen at play or major like regions we've seen at play, this is the only one that seems to have any care about gender roles, gender assignment and sexual orientation and that seems to me like that it's tied into this like rigid militaristic attitude that i think maybe consciously or subconsciously comes from the fact that they're largely run by male leaders.
2: Uh. Yeah. No, and i i mean i'm just maybe playing devil's advocate a little bit because sparta comes to mind, right? Like you, i don't know that you necessarily had gay life partners in that kind of a militaristic society but you certainly had a lot of gay companionship right but but also wasn't like it also, the procreation like, was important so maybe you still have yeah. a devil wife I don't know I'm just I, I think I'm yeah. just I'm not I'm not well, too uncomfortable with the idea that we just default to like the place where the guy's in charge or the place where they've totally fucked it up just because it's You know, it's nice and it's fun and it's a suspension of disbelief. and
1: Yeah, but that's I actually think that it's funny that you brought up Sparta because that is actually how they portray it. That, like, if you have gay sex, like, fine, whatever, that's your business. But don't expect that person to be your life partner. Don't expect to have an open romantic relationship with that person. You still need to keep up appearances. You still need to have a... A heterosexual relationship that gets you political power so that's how it's really like sure. more in-depth sure being portrayed uh in the series as far as and and for anybody who knows the game i'm talking about to winter history i hope that the, that's really clear but i think that i think that it's it does have that sort of spartan feel to it where it's like for pleasure fine keep it behind closed doors and do your business, uh, but don't expect to have your feelings validated about this in public. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: Interesting. And how do they treat women?
1: That actually in that country kind of remains to be seen. I know that there aren't that many of them in like leadership positions as far as they've made it seem. It seems like it's, and their church takes a very, like, strong stance about about men being, like, in the leadership role. And they claim that, uh, <laughs> that you know, Andraste was just a servant and she wasn't really the bride of the maker and blah, blah, blah. Mm. They, they, like, tone down religious roles of, of the spiritual women in their religion. Yeah.
2: Um, well, tell me more about your favorite character.
1: uh yeah i have so many so dorian is probably maybe my favorite character in the third game in the first game my favorite character is definitely a character named zevran aranai he has maybe one of the best stories he has been hired to assassinate you and he fails because you kill him Possibly. But right before you do, he has the option to, like, plea with you for his life. And I won't spoil too much because, really, his character has so much depth. Um, If you choose to spare him and listen to his case and let him join you, you learn about all of the shit he has been through to get him to this point in his life, where he is a paid assassin, uh, and he becomes remarkably sympathetic, and and is a and can become a pivotal character in the second game, and uh, and a connection in the third, and I think he also will probably be a big part of the fourth game because he lives in that region as well, um, or is. Reported to have been there.
2: But what if you killed him?
1: If you killed him, that's it. He's done. You don't get to know. You don't get to know the life you snuffed out. I I think I hate it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think the, the commitment and the fear of making the wrong choice and then, like, ruining your game for yourself after you've invested how many hours, I um. think that makes me feel a little bit like, trigger shy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. I actually feel that way um, a a lot of the time when playing these games, that it could be the wrong dialogue choice could definitely uh, change your game. uh, The wrong instance. Um, In my first playthrough, I did kill him. And when I went back and made a different choice to see what the game was like, I was like, holy cow, how did I miss all of this? Um, but in the same vein, it makes a game like infinitely replayable because you can play so many different versions of it.
2: It does. And I, I do see the the appeal appeal of that, like the whole choose your own adventure novel thing. Yeah. Um, but you're just in, first of all, you can't just flip the pages back and see, well, I guess you could go on
1: Wikipedia and see what the options are, you but can. you just
2: invest so much time.
1: Yeah, it is. It's a lot of time and it's a lot of time for the sake of fictional characters and fictional relationships. That's fine. I mean, I waste my
2: time doing stupider stuff than that for sure. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, but it is, it can be high stress for sure. And seeing that like, so-and-so disapproves, uh, at the bottom of your screen can be really anxiety inducing. Your eyes just, (laughs) just said everything just now.
2: Oh, my God. And if it's the person that, like, you're trying to form a romance with or oh some yeah. of, like, an allyship with, I don't know. Yeah. How, how yeah. bad can that get? Like, how much can you fuck yourself over?
1: It can be really bad. Um, in the first game, like, I think there's, like, one weird dialogue option that can make Morrigan hate you, like, 20 points or something oh, wow. ridiculous. I mean, she's a little bit. She's a testy character. She's already... Um, on Edge. She's... <laughs> it is you. It's you. You're the witch of the wilds. So I'm calling you That's that fine. from now on. There are
2: definitely dialogue choices that are going to make me hate you by 20 whole points. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, in, in the third game, they they made it a little more streamlined, and it's just like either they disapprove a little, they disapprove a lot, they they approve a little, or they approve a lot. And so it's not Mm. like... Not like they don't let you keep track of the points, which was part of the anxiety of the first game. Oh my you God, could like yeah. look at them and count the bar and like be like, how many more points till they love me? Um,
2: oh, God, the, if only real life was like that.
1: I know. <laughs> well, in the first game, they also let you just give people presents until they like you. Definitely thought you were
2: going to say blowjobs.
1: Yeah, well, actually actually, why. that too in some cases, right. yeah. It's kind
2: of like a present.
1: Uh, It is, you know. I mean, it's work, so <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> it takes effort. But you could just give them, like, gold necklaces until they like you. If you, <laughs> in the first game, in the third game, they don't really do that. And in the second game, they made it extremely hard because, like, if someone was there when you completed a task they would approve or disapprove based on like basically what side you were on and in that game like your companions were all very opinionated about the stupid mage versus templar conflict Mm. and bless their hearts some of them were wrong and they (laughs) They would disapprove when you did nice things for good people who needed help. And it was very stressful.
2: I bet. Mm -hmm. So I haven't haven't played Dragon Age. Uh, I'm super open to it. But the only thing that I'm pulling off of besides what you're telling me is that I've watched the Witcher game be played. Have you ever played that? Yeah, I have. It just, uh, and I can leave it to you to maybe compare a little bit, but it, there is a choose-your-own-adventure aspect, I think, like, absolutely. at least in terms of, like, who you want your girlfriend to be, which, yeah, <laughs> when well, I was absolutely. watching, it felt, like, really, like, who is this marketed towards? Yeah. it feels like it's for men, but, like, it also feels like it's for teenage girls.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much who's your girlfriend going to be um, <laughs> the game. But but it does have a really good story it has rich lore it just mm. is unbearable to me because the fucking combat is so clunky and difficult and bo- just bad and I don't play games I don't play I'm I will get hate for this I don't play video games for the combat I don't care like I could skip it I could just skip yeah. it I just want the story that's what I'm here I want I want to play a movie I want to play a choose yeah. your own adventure film yeah, that's why
2: I'll never like games as much as when JRPGs were the thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was you know? the best. Exactly. See, you get it. And um, I like a
2: combat that I can get up and make a snack during. And I can come back and be like, okay, I think that now she's going to punch that bad guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, So the Witcher does not have that option. Like, if you are playing okay. on the casual setting of The Witcher, you're still going to die, like, 17 times a day. It's, okay. Uh, and it's just not it's not good for, for people like us who aren't really in it for, for that. Um, yeah. But the story's really good. You don't get to create your character, which to me, oh, automatically yeah. makes me uninvested. Like, I yeah. care. I put, like, real effort and thought into creating my Dragon Age characters. Mm-hmm. So I care a lot about, Do you like... you get
2: to, like, design them?
1: You get to design them. In oh, you know, all three. Oh. Even the one where you don't get to pick your, your race, you can still make male or female. And you can fully customize their appearance and everything like that. So...
2: When you say
1: race, you mean like fantasy races. You okay. can actually make them any any like skin tone skin in pigment. terms of yeah, like okay. pigment melanin. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, and that's in all three, and then so it is really customizable, which is appealing to me. And I love my characters so much that that's how like I re got into writing fan fiction.
2: I'm sorry, I was just beating my dog with a pillow for groaning in the background. Did you say fan
1: fiction? <laughs> I did, I did. My guilty habit that I try not to tell people about in person, but we're in a safe space now uh, until I post this on the internet. So <laughs> Fan fiction! Yeah, so Dragon Age was the reason why I started doing that again because you know i did when i was young very young
2: yeah um, i mean i think you, you have to columbus fan fiction as a child you have to be like oh my god i'm so creative i'm gonna write myself into this thing i love
1: you know i don't know anyone else who did it in real life oh, so it, it <laughs> it's something that i want to believe is a universal experience but I feel like maybe. I make like a lot of maybe. assumptions. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's not. So I wrote aggressively uh, Animorphs fan fiction when I was young and then stopped doing that because I wanted to pretend that I was cool and then forgot about that. did other things. You know, I wrote... Uh, Other things along the lines of original fiction and original poetry and blah, blah, blah. Being creative in other ways, writing for D&D, writing for other role-playing games. And then I discovered the Dragon Age series and I ruined my life. And I became frothingly obsessed with these characters and my characters that then I had to start writing again.
2: How and, old were you when you started playing Dragon Age?
1: Oh, I was late to the game. Like literally late to oh. the game. Um my friend Erica, who I worked with, had come up to me and was like, you look like you look you look like you <laughs> like elves. And I was like, oh, I do. I don't um, love that. And <laughs> I love it. No, that's that's uh, the best no. thing you could say to me. No. <laughs> um so I emphatically said, yes, I do. And she brought the game over the first one, Origins. And we played we and this is something I recommend to everybody, if you're gonna play it, including you, Avalon, is Ow. to get the first game uh-huh. and to just play the origin opening sequences and then pick your favorite and go and go back to it and do that game. Because that's what I we don't did.
2: understand.
1: So like in the origins game, you play, you pick your origin. Like, are you an elf from the city, an elf from the woods? Are you a dwarven noble or a dwarven commoner? Are you a human noble? Or are you any of the above, but you were a mage, which meant you got shipped off to the mage college when you were young. Mm-hmm. So those are, I think I covered all the options but they all have a different origin story okay. um that you start with and that's like your opening sequence is playing through your origin story of how y- you got from that life to your oh. new life um and so that so you to think me, i should
2: do all of those and then I think, make an informed decision based on that
1: i think so yeah okay yeah i gotcha um, and so that's what we did that night, um, with, like, a bottle of wine and just, like, played through all of the origins. And then she let me keep it, and I played through it, like, five times. It's a lot of times. It's a lot of times. It was so good. And at that point, like, I didn't even realize that there were other games in the series. I thought that it was just, like, mm. its own thing and then for christmas or something that year i got inquisition and i was super spoiled because i was so late to the game that i got inquisition with all the dlc's already out yeah uh, and on it because like the uh, the dick move that was pulled there was that they released the Official ending of the game as a DLC, like a year later than the game came out. So, people who played the game on time uh, had a pretty crappy experience with that. Like, they got like a false ending and then waited a year and then played the real ending of the game. So, I was super spoiled.
2: Oh, okay. That is a very weird choice.
1: I think like it was. For them. I think it was more of a retrospective thing. I think that they just didn't realize that their ending of the original game wasn't very satisfying, and so they so then they like threw in a little cliffhanger at the end, and mm. then uh, a year later they came out with a real ending that was really good and really spectacularly done. Um, but it was downloadable right. content. And so people were a little miffed about that. But I was very spoiled. I got it all at at once uh, because I was a latecomer.
2: I've definitely, um, like, reaped the benefit of that with games also. It's it's nice when, like, you can just go ahead and buy the edition that has all of it together and you just don't have to worry about pacing yourself and waiting and all that.
1: Yeah, it's like when you find out about a good show after it's already off the air and you get to binge the entire thing without ever having to wait (laughs) any amount of time for new episodes yeah Uh,
2: that's that's the only way I can watch anything anymore I don't know if it's like a lack of patience that I've developed but I just will wait for the whole season to be over and then watch it all at once rather than try to remember every week To watch it?
1: Yeah. Well, and then that's become, like, the new standard with, like, Netflix and Hulu and all of that stuff. You don't have to. I'm trying right
2: now with the new X-Files season to watch it as it's on, and I just keep missing it, and it's really stressing me out.
1: Oh, man. I haven't seen it at all. Um, I really need to. The new one? The new one.
2: Did you see the new one, like, circa last year?
1: No. No. You got to watch it. Okay. All right. You sound sound really Um, (laughs) good.
2: All right. So Dragon Age. Fan fiction.
1: So fan fiction. Fan fiction, which is not as cool as fan art. And I'm saying that only for myself because other fan fiction writers are amazing. But uh, I, I wrote it because I wasn't happy with the end of the story for my protagonist. I didn't like it. It wasn't good. They needed more and I needed to know it. And I didn't know if they were ever going to make a fourth game or not. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. So I did it myself. That's good. (laughs) These
2: are good things that you did.
1: Uh, Um. Well, and, you know, people seem to actually like it. And I have um, beautiful pieces of art that I get to have on my wall because of the appreciation that people had for it. Um, Wait, what? yeah a couple of people made me some really spectacular pieces of i mean uh, amazing art that i could never even dream of creating um
2: like your your friends
1: no like people on the internet who like
2: strangers found your fan fiction for dragon age and were so inspired by your fan fiction that they made fan art of your fan fiction, even though they don't know you, and yes. got it to you somehow, even though you presumably posted anonymously well, <laughs> based they on your it. shame.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I... My account on AO3 <laughs> is anonymous, but I linked to it from a Tumblr that I guess could possibly be brought back to me. But that's that's how I communicated with them. And, um... And honestly, I know that technically they're strangers, but like, I think once you do that for somebody, like your friends, cause like, oh, <laughs> that's, yeah. cause that's like I the agree. greatest thing that you can do for someone. No, I am,
2: I am world. floored. That is so special.
1: Yeah. It's really special. Um,
2: you're so famous.
1: I'm the most famous. Yeah. And I'm your the fan most fiction famous. must not suck. Um, uh, uh, yeah. you know, I actually went back to read a little bit of it because it has now, I, in true fan fiction writer uh, form, I abandoned like a 36 chapter. Uh, Thick in the middle, in the middle of a story.
2: Um, If you have people who really like it, you know how much that sucks for them.
1: I know, and I need to go back to finish it. I know, I do have to finish it. I really do. Someone's gonna have to
2: make a fan fiction of your fan fiction just for more content. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) That's amazing. It's gonna be me, and I'm gonna ruin it.
1: Oh, I. You know what? That should be your homework. Alright.
2: Should... No, because I can't read all 36 chapters.
1: I'll just send you the last chapter and then you can go based on that and that'll be <laughs> Okay. That'll be how you get to pick it back up. But yeah, I mean fan artists are amazing. And one of the things, just to tie this right back around to to Dragon Age and the writers for Dragon Age, um, David Gator has supported us so much. Um, fans of Dorian Pavis, the character I mentioned earlier, got together via the internet. And so two years ago, um, one particular fan who is amazing, just an amazing person, just designed like a mug and got artists and fanfic writers together to do like a big fundraiser for two organizations that help Protect uh, people in Russia who are LGBT and are being persecuted, get out of the country if they need to, or to get hidden if they needed to. And I think that year, two years ago, the mugs that they made and all the fanfics that they sold and the art that we sold was like amounted to, I think, like $5,000. What? Uh,
2: this yeah. is amazing and very strange.
1: <laughs> Wait, though. Oh, This God. past year, they did it again, except they made a beautiful, fully printed art book. And David Gator found out about it and wrote the forward for the book. And oh. I'm going to find out exactly how much they raise this year. Um, Are
2: you featured in it or like involved in it?
1: in the first one, I did some fanfic for it what? but this one this one was just an art book so I did not have anything to contribute to that of course yeah, um, yeah this one raised twenty four thousand dollars whoa twenty four thousand dollars raised for. Uh, the National Center for Lesbian Rights, and I think, I think there may have been another, oh, and, oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, It was for the NCLR and the Russian LGBT Network. Yeah, so the, the National Center for Lesbian Rights and the Russian LGBT Network.
2: My jaw is on the floor. This is the coolest crossover of things I care about that I have ever (laughs) heard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was like one of the coolest things like fan produced content made that happen because of love for a character who had a um, story that that was built on him being a gay man in a in a country where it was not as accepted as it was in the rest of the world and him choosing to leave a very privileged life for what he believed was right and to be true to who he was which is like I mean this is a video game about dragons and we get like these an amazing character narrative yeah Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. oh that's so awesome
1: yeah yeah I
2: absolutely am going to give that game a try yeah Um, I think that I was going to anyway just because I like to try things but like now I just really want to be in on all of that shit
1: yeah, there's so much. And, like, the, the there's a reason why, like, the fans of this game series create so much. It's because so much is given to us that, like, yeah. it, 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 you can jump off of. Um,
2: Do you have the art book?
1: I don't have the art book. At the time that it came out, unfortunately, I couldn't no. afford it. Um,
2: it was $24,000. <laughs> 20- they only sold one. <laughs>
1: No, it was just it was $50 and at the time I oh, had just yeah. moved and I was very I was it was not too expensive for what it is. It's beautiful. I'm um sure. but now they are still selling digital copies and you don't to Okay, so if you look up the Dorian Pavis Born Perfect Project and I'll put links and stuff on Twitter and Instagram or whatever. Right now, if you contact them and you just show proof that you made any donation to either of those two organizations, they'll mm-hmm. give you a digital copy. So it's you know they're still they're still available, but it's it's just a beautiful collection of fan I bet, art. Yeah. yeah. Mhm. Um, you should
2: have some of the fan art that was created for your fanfic in it, even though it's not yours to donate.
1: Yeah. Well, I will share that with you because it's beautiful and those artists are both um actually all three of them I think are are commissionable artists so hopefully we can maybe get them some business because they're amazing um oh my god
2: I'm not gonna have anything to talk about that's as cool as this that's
1: absolutely not true that's
2: ridiculous no this is cool as shit
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, but this, oh this no, it's is... not
2: a contest.
1: No, it's not. Um, it's a little bit of a it contest. is.
2: It is a contest. Um,
1: <laughs> your Toonami to episode about... wins so far. I am so jazzed right now to have talked about Dragon Age. Um, Dragon
2: Age. Do you have? Is there anything about Dragon Age that I didn't ask or you didn't say that you feel is pretty important that you need to just like riff on a little bit?
1: I would say that the only thing that I need to say about these games is that one, don't sleep on the second game. It's short enough that if you don't like it, it's not that big a deal. If you can I
2: sleep on the mobile games, that that part
1: sleep on more. the mobile games. I'm <laughs> okay. certainly doing it. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, cool. <laughs> I'm sleeping on the mobile games. I'm sleeping on that MMO, whatever is going on i'm i don't pay for play i don't care i get it ea needs to make money whatever yeah go ahead and sleep on that i just think that i i love these games so much and especially recently a lot of the writers have been getting like just a unfair amount of harassment and hatred on on twitter and the You know, the producers and the coders all getting hate on Twitter and things for the games not being literally perfect, and I just want to be a dissenting voice because I think they're actually perfect, so screw you. Um, What
2: what kind of imperfections are people upset about?
1: Literally, like, mild continuity things. I mean, it's an entire world state spanning across three games that have been written across over a decade, like... Will will have to calm down a little bit. Um, some mild continuity things, some redesign things, um, some appearance factors. Like some of the characters were redesigned when they had better um, graphic design capabilities, mm-hmm. and some people don't like the new looks or whatever. Like really, just honestly, just stupid stuff. That's that's. I mean, these people put so much. Uh, work and care into these games that it blows my mind um and i can't think of a single video game like franchise that has done half as much to give us like a con- a congruent story what are you oh. telling me what game i was
2: gonna say it it does sound like elder scrolls probably puts more work into it because they span so many different
1: mm-hmm. like
2: centuries but then you said congruent
1: so. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also like the character development like i would love mm. for skyrim to have that sort of oh man i would never play another game again if skyrim had that much like character development and and uh and like relationships that were more than just like those crappy kids running around your house uh, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly was a bigger fan of the previous Elder Scrolls game I know that Skyrim improved a lot of things like the dialogue wheel and the graphics obviously but I felt like there was more character development
1: Ooh, I'll have to play game. that actually because I didn't I yeah, Skyrim was my introduction it. to new video games
2: and I felt like I also felt like Like, the guilds and stuff like that that you get involved in in Skyrim just felt, like, a little bit flatter to me than they had in the previous one.
1: Yeah, and how you can just belong to all of them. Well, you can belong to all of them,
2: but I I felt like I had to really, like, earn it. Like, I felt like I really, like, was emotionally invested by the time I was the president of that particular guild.
1: Right. okay,
2: Uh, Whereas in Skyrim, I was like, oh, all right, I just, okay. Point A, point B, checklist, and I'm the head... Of the Fighters Guild. Okay, now I'm going to be the head of the Mage's Guild, and I and you can do that in the other game in the franchise games in the franchise too. But I just felt like it was more fraught, or I was more engaged with the story for for sure. Ooh. And it also because it was like in the Imperial Capital, there was a lot more presence of the diversity of races. Um, so you were constantly like interacting with the Khajiit and stuff like, and it, it didn't feel so much like they were like a backdrop yeah. kind of like novelty like it was like it felt like you were in a world where there are different kinds of races
1: yeah so oh,
2: okay. i i mean skyrim so much prettier so much faster load time so much better dialogue wheels but um yeah not as gripping for me as like a character development person
1: i all right i'll need to check that out because i still yeah. haven't played that yeah so i i I feel I feel really good about this I just my last thing that I want to say just is um, hug your content creators whether that means like literally hug them or like send them loving do messages that. and that's to like your game developers or your fanfic writers your art creators like all those people who make things that give you joy tell them yeah. that you appreciate them because as a creator it gets hard to create when no one appreciates you and no one likes what you've made. It gets sad. Everyone likes what you made. <laughs> I'm just, I, it makes me sad when I see other content creators get hated on. That's that's my only thing.
2: Yeah, I'm only making a cringing face because I can think of a specific time very recently that I hated on some content creators. Oh, no. As a part of my own content.
1: All right, that's your That's your spiritual homework is to. All right. <laughs> to think
2: on that. All right. And my literal homework is what? To write the final chapter of your fan Yes. (laughs) Based on never having played the game?
1: And not having read the whole thing either. Okay. All right. Avalon, I love you. Go to work. I love you
2: too. I don't want to.
1: I can't believe that you have to go to work right now. I'm going to go get a massage right now.
2: Are you fucking kidding?
1: I'm not fucking kidding. (laughs) I'm, I'm going to go get a massage right now.
2: I'm so pissed off about <laughs> that. <laughs> All right.
1: Okay. on Okay. Bye.